1: Hello, hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of the podcast this week. With me again I have Elisa. Hello. We're so excited to be back on track and getting podcasts out every week. Sometimes they are a little late. Last week we had a little bit of a technical difficulty, but moving forward we should be getting our podcasts out weekly. Now, weekly on the same day and time every day. I don't know if we're that organized, but our goal is is that we are back with our weekly episodes. So for this week, we have, um, I like these ones. We take a couple of questions from our group. If you're not part of the group, Facebook, all things sleep and parenting, come and join us. So we take a couple of questions from the the group. We break them down uh, to give you guys just a little more information that could be helpful in the challenges or, or areas or times that you're in right now with your little one.
0: So the first question we're going to answer today is my two month old will no longer sleep in the living room with me when I'm trying to get him to sleep for naps. He just takes forever to settle and is looking at everything around him instead of sleeping. This might be (laughs) the age for your baby where they need to be put into a dark sleep room to actually get that sleep that they need it can happen around this age. Some babies, you won't see this starting to happen until closer to three months, but babies who are really busy right from the get-go need to be in a dark sleep space when it comes to that sleep time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now I, I know at two months, you know, when they're really newborn, you just kind of keep them close perhaps. Um, You want to just have them close by you and you want to just kind of hang out while you're watching a show. And that is completely fine in those really newborn days. But once you start to see that your baby is no longer sleeping or looking around them instead of falling asleep as easily as they used to, that is a cue that you can start to bring them up to a dark sleep space. Start doing a little pre-sleep routine. It doesn't have to be long. Just a couple of steps that you take before you put them to sleep that cues their brains that it's time for sleep. And then you can start to work towards getting them to sleep in that darker sleep space. doesn't Mm -hmm. mean that you have to do it for every single nap, every single day at two months old, but if you're noticing this happening, that will certainly help. Absolutely. Uh, The other thing too is kind of around that six weeks. So if
1: you have a little one who those first six weeks literally would fall asleep anywhere, would sleep through anything, the garbage truck could go by, the dogs could bark, not an issue. You might see that change that six, eight weeks where now they're starting to stir to those sounds. Now they're starting to react to the outside environment. So yeah, like Elisa said, bringing them into that darker space, kind of eliminating that extra stimulation can really make a big difference.
0: Our second question is my baby cries before bed every night. She goes for naps without a problem, but doesn't go down well for bedtime. She's put into the crib awake for all sleep periods. I just don't understand why she's fighting bedtime more than naps. So my first thought here is that your baby, depending on what wake windows you're using, your baby might be overtired come bedtime. Mm So your first step is to look at that. Are they going a really long period of time before going to bed for the night? If that's the case, shorten the wake windows just a little bit and see if that alone makes a change for you. The other thing is you want to check the drowsy level for bedtime. Mm -hmm. If baby is going into bed too drowsy for naps, then at bedtime, they're going in fully awake that could cause some confusion and they don't really know how to settle themselves for bedtime or vice versa. If they're going
1: into bed for naps, really like wide awake, not an issue, but then at bedtime, because usually there's a little feeding, sometimes we have a little bit of an extra cuddle. Um, you know, even if they aren't sleeping, if they get into that, like deep kind of decompressed drowsy state, even if their eyes aren't super heavy, but they're really relaxed, that can be enough of a, uh, now we put them into the crib. Hey, I'm awake, I'm fully awake now. Like that could be enough of a, of a decompression to kind of settle them in. And then as soon as you move them, they're like, nope, have another bounce of, of energy. Here I go. Uh, Help me, help me get me back to sleep, whatever it may be. So being very mindful of that, that drowsy level versus naps versus bedtime. um, And, and just being mindful of how decompressed calm their body is before going into bed. If that, you know, if it only happens at bedtime.
0: So the message there is Too drowsy into bed once you've taught independent sleep can actually create a lot of challenges with Mm -hmm. them going to sleep. Finally, some babies do this. Some babies resist bedtime a little bit more than naps and they go down magically for naps and then bedtime they fight it a little bit more. Some babies do the opposite and they really fight naps, but bedtime they go down like a dream. So if you are doing everything that you can and your baby is fighting bedtime still it could be that they just need a little bit of extra time to come to terms with the fact that bedtime is happening and that they're going to sleep for bedtime you could try to add a little bit more decompression time in their Mm -hmm. routine so maybe a book if you're not doing a book just to kind of relax them a little bit more and give them some time to just decompress before they're actually going to bed maybe even such, a,
1: such maybe. a fine line right don't don't let them decompress too much but then if it's if they're not settling maybe allowing them a little more time to decompress so it really is a fine line between what I just said and what Elise is saying but it's being mindful that you know if we have a routine that's quick and they're resisting then we want to kind of slow it down a little bit add in a little bit more time to decompress if we have a routine that's really long and includes lots of decompression then we want to kind of speed that ahead Head a little bit,
0: but decompression can look different than rocking them till too drowsy, right? Like decompression is just basically bringing them into a quiet space and allowing them to decompress a little bit. So that could be with Mm -hmm. books, which they won't be getting too drowsy for books. So the type of decompression that I'm talking about is different than rocking them and holding them and you know, getting them drowsy in arms. It's more Mm -hmm. so just removing them from extra stimulation during the day and bringing them into their sleep space a little bit earlier so that you are calming them before you actually do your routine.
1: So for our last question, we have my two-year-old demands that I do bedtime every night. Anytime I try to get my partner involved, it ends up not going well, and I end up having to do it. So what can I do to help my two-year-old get adjusted to both parents doing the bedtime routine, getting to sleep routine? If your little one hasn't had another parent or anybody else do any of their sleep, we do have an episode on getting them comfortable with the routine, that kind of stuff. But if we have a two or three-year-old who's like, nope, I only want this parent to do the routine. Nope, I only want this parent to do this. I only want this parent to do my bath. I only want this parent to put me into bed. I only want this parent to do my stories. So that's where we can get into a lot of challenges, especially with our two and three-year-olds, where they are asking, demanding, you know the first couple of times maybe it's not that big of a deal oh hey buddy they really want you so you know you're on deck to come and do sleep time but what happens is that can be a little too much control for our two and three-year-olds where now we're using that as a bedtime stalling so one parent starts no I want the other parent that parent comes in no I want the first parent back so that can cause a lot of that that bedtime stalling that inconsistency the stimulation of it all whereas we want them to feel heard I understand that you want parent one to do your routine tonight it's my night to do your routine in bedtime tomorrow night let's look at our calendars so we just had an episode that came out with charts this is a great one uh, to use that chart with so who's doing the bedtimes is it parent one on monday tuesday parent two on wednesday and friday parent one on thursdays parent two or together on saturday and sunday whatever it is but it we're giving them the opportunity to see who is doing it we know that it's not up for negotiation it's not up for debate so if they're really starting to you know show upset Let's look at your calendar. Let's look at your chart. Who's doing bedtime tonight? Who's doing bedtime tomorrow night? Okay, well, then tomorrow night we'll have the other parent. So that doesn't mean that the other parent has to be completely gone. They can come in and say goodnight once they're tucked in if if the other parent is home. But the idea is, is whichever parent is set to do that bedtime, that bedtime gets done by that parent. And then we're using those tools with, you know, who's tomorrow night. Let's look at our chart and, and helping them through that way.
0: And we'll also link another podcast in the description that will help you through that part as well. All about getting the other parent involved in the the Mm -hmm. sleep routine.
1: Yes. Yeah. The one that I mentioned at the beginning. Yeah, for sure. We'll, we'll link that in the description and then that's just going to build on getting comfortable, um, having everybody comfortable with the routine. And then we also chat through some of those what do I do if I can't handle it, right? So if if the other parent is doing bedtime and I can't handle it, what can we do? So we'll pop that podcast in the description as well. But for now, um, using that chart, having that predictable so they know who is doing it, um, staying firm with that decision. I know that you are upset so they can be upset. We can validate it. Not a problem. That's okay. But we stick with it so that they really start to know whose night is, is whose. And then it's really going to reduce so much of that bedtime battles
0: upset as you go along. Thank you for joining us today for our Q&A. We will come back in another couple of weeks with more questions and answers.
1: Yes. And in the meantime, if you guys want to check us out on the website, wrestleparenting.com, we have workshops and all sorts of great stuff that you can, virtual workshops that you can learn from. And then join us in the group, Facebook, uh, all things sleep and parenting. We'd love to see you. Thanks guys. Bye. Thanks for joining us on today's episode. We so appreciate that you've taken that time to come and hang out with us and listen to what we have to say. If you are struggling with sleep or parenting, please know that we have loads of free information on the website um, as well as on the YouTube channel. But if after you've read through everything and you've watched those videos, if you're still struggling, know that you're not alone and that we would love to help. So be sure to check out the website, www.restfulparenting.com. You'll find the link to book your free 15-minute call right there. And if you have any comments or anything you'd like to share with us, please leave them below in the
0: comments. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks.